So today we're beginning a brand new series called Frequency. And we're just talking about how to cut out the noise, how to cut through all the stuff, all the junk, all the things that the world's throwing at us. And I want to look at a verse today in John chapter 10. This is a parable that Jesus gives. And, and, um, and he says that the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. All right. The sheep, we listen for his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. If, you, if you're a Christian, then he knows your name. He knows who you are. And he leads them out. And verse 4 says, says it this way. On the, uh, that when he has brought out all of his own sheep, he goes ahead of them. He's leading them. He's, he's guiding the sheep. And his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. I've been told that that uh, you can mix uh, herds of sheep together, but they will only follow their shepherd. They'll only follow their shepherd's voice. You, you could have three or four herds together. They're all going in the same direction, but then the shepherd goes, whoop. That's his call, maybe. Maybe that's his call. Come on. I don't know what it is. Get on out of here. Whatever it is. He calls them, and they follow him. Check this out. How do you know that, Pastor Ben? Because... They will never follow a stranger. If I could teach you something today, I want to teach you, don't follow the stranger. In fact, they will run away from the stranger because they don't recognize the stranger's voice. Mm, I don't know you. I'm not following you. I'm not, I'm not going with you. His sheep recognize his voice. And, and Proverbs 3, 6, uh, 3, 6 says it this way. Listen for God's voice. Listen for what he has to say. When we listen for him in everything that we do and everywhere that we go, he's going to keep us on track. So that's what I want to help us do today. I want to help us stay on track. And so that's my, that's my goal. So here's my proposition. My proposition today is this. God doesn't have a speaking problem. We got a hearing problem. I've got a hearing problem. All the men said, amen, right? Amen. All you wives out there, you wives said, amen, he's got a hearing problem. We've got a hearing problem. We all have a hearing problem. God's speaking, but we can't hear what he has to say. So I want to help us with that today. We're going to take a look at another parable that Jesus told. And a parable is just a story. It's a made-up story that Jesus gives to help, to help get a point across, okay? And in this parable, he gives four types of soil, Four things that he gives, and I, I, want, I want to just compare that to four hearts that we have when it comes to trying to hear the voice of God, all right? So Luke chapter 8 starts it this way. It's, Jesus says, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some of it fell along the path, all right? And the, then the bicycles ran over it, the car tires ran over it, people walked on it, and, and birds ate it up. Birds came and took it away. Verse 6. Some of, the, some of it fell on rocky ground. All right? Rocky ground. And, and it couldn't grow because when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. There was, the soil wasn't good enough. Verse 7. Then other seed fell among the thorns. The, the ground was actually good there. They could grow. But, but the thorns, which grew up with it, choked the plants. And so they, they died. And then finally, still other seed fell on good soil. There was some seed that fell in good soil. It came up, it yielded a crop. A hundred times more than was sown. 
So when he said this, he called out, he said, he who has ears, let him hear. Here's what I want to do today. I want to help us have ears to hear. I want to help us have ears to hear what the voice of God is saying. What is God saying to us today? I want to give us, I want to help us have those ears, all right? So in a lot of Jesus' parables, he would often leave the interpretation up for people. He, would, he wouldn't explain it, okay? He would, he would say, hey, go figure that one out on your own. I mean, he, not, not in those words, but that's kind of the way it, it was. Like, I'm not going to tell you what it means. In this parable, in this story, Jesus says, here's the meaning of the parable. He tells us what this means. And in verse 11, it says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the message. It's the voice of God. Not just his Bible, because the Bible wasn't written then. Okay, it, This is the word of God. But he's talking about it. it's the message. It's the voice. It's, it's something you can hear. All right? And so he says that the seed is the word of God. So there's, there's four types of soil that represents four types of hearts that we have along the way. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep reading this story and I'm going to point out the types of hearts, okay? So verse 12 says that those along the path are the ones who hear. All right, remember the birds ate it up. The, the birds were the devil. It's the ones who hear, but then the devil comes. The bird comes. It takes it away from their hearts so that they may never believe and be saved. So the first type of heart that we can have is, is called a polluted heart. It's a polluted heart. It's where, it's, it, it, it is something that we all deal with. Can I get a witness today? We've all got issues. Well, I don't have issues. That's your issue. We've all got issues, right? We all have them. So a polluted heart happens to all of us. I, my heart can get polluted sometimes. Here's how, here's two ways that a heart gets polluted. It's through unrepentant sin now we're all going to sin but I'm talking about unrepentant sin where we choose to keep doing the same things over and over and over again and we're not turning from it we're not repenting from it we keep on doing it we're, we're not asking God to cleanse us or forgive us we're just going to keep on living this way that's called unrepentant sin and it will pollute your heart and you won't be able to hear the voice of God but the second the second way that our hearts get polluted is people. Uh, uh, another way to say it is relationships. I'm talking about offense. When offense stirs up and you get offended, what the, what the enemy knows is he knows how valuable relationships are to you and to me. And he will do whatever he has to, to bring a wedge between you and somebody you're close to. And what happens is you become offended. And because of that offense, you can't hear the voice of God anymore. You can't hear what God's trying to say to you because you are offended. And that's the way the enemy works. He pollutes our hearts through unrepentant sin and through offense. Can I tell you, though, it's not about you and that person. It's not about you and that person. It's the enemy's attempt to keep you from hearing God's voice to keep you from hearing what God's trying to say, to choke out the word of God in your life. James says it this way in chapter one. He says, so here's what we ought to do. We, we ought to get rid of all the filth and all the evil in our lives and humbly accept the word of God, the message of God, the voice of God. Humbly accept it. Why? Because it's strong enough to save us. It's strong enough to rescue us. It's strong enough to make a difference in our lives when we hear the word of God. So how do we repent? How do we get rid of the filth? How do we get rid of the evil in our lives? 
We, we do that. We repent. We turn. Repentance simply means to turn. I was headed this way, but now I know better. Now I know God's spoken to me. He's given me a challenge, and now I'm going to go this way. It's a 180. I'm going to turn from what I was doing, and I'm, I'm going to go a different direction. Can I get a witness today? That's, that's, how we, that's how we turn. That's how we get rid of the filth. So here's, here's the lesson here, is that we can't begin a new life until we turn from the old one. If you've, if you've got a polluted heart today, you can't, you, can't, you can't live that new life until you've turned, you've made a decision, I'm not going to keep going there. I'm not going to keep doing that. Amen? So it's a polluted heart. The scripture goes on in verse 13 and it says that the rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. It represents those who go to church camp. They get fired up. Woo! I'm on fire for Jesus, baby. And they come back to school, but their roots weren't deep enough. Mm-hmm. Thinking to preach, right? They, they, they go... They go to church on Sunday, they get fired up, but their roots weren't quite deep enough. And, and when the hot winds of testing came, they, they died. The roots weren't quite deep enough. This is the person, number two, that is preoccupied. They've got a preoccupied heart. And, and another way to say it is they're distracted. They've got too many things going on. There's too, too much happening in their life. There's a lot of distractions. And distractions can even be good things. It can be good in our lives, but we're distracted from what the best thing is that God has for us. So it's kind of like working here at the Cedar Elm campus during the week. There's saws, there's drills, there's lifts, there's all kinds of noise. And you're, you're trying to work with somebody and you're talking to them across the room and you say, hey, can you hand me some sandpaper? And they go, yeah, you want to go get a hamburger? <laughs> no, no, I, I'm sorry, I was distracted. I couldn't hear you, right? I couldn't hear you. That's the way it works sometimes. You have to get right up next to somebody. What, what'd, you, what'd you say? What'd you say? Go to the upper room? No, 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 no. You want to build a tomb? No, no, that's not what I said. We get distracted. We can't hear. There's all of these competing voices in our lives. And we get distracted. I'll, I'll be honest with you. One of my biggest um, distractions is technology. Think about it right now. You're watching this all around the world. There's, there's a, a lady in South Africa who streams every week. All right? That's pretty awesome. And she's watching it. She's streaming that. And it's amazing that you can take this service and you can put it all around the world just like that. That's pretty incredible. Technology's good. But it's also distracting. I'll tell you, the biggest distraction for me is this thing right here. Smartphone. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's, it's this. Every morning when I wake up, the first thing I do is, is I put on my PJs or a pair of shorts and I'll put my, po- my, my phone in my pocket so I can track my steps around the house. I'm, I've told you before, I, usually, I walk like a mile in my house praying every morning. And, and so I'll put it in my pocket, but there's all of these other things on my phone that are calling for my attention. There's all of those little red dots. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's unchecked messages. There's uh, Facebook is calling for my attention to just see what has happened in the eight hours that I was asleep. Instagram wants me to see what's going on. What is the latest on Instagram? 
I've uh, email and, and text messages and, and all of these things are competing for our time. So, um, so here's what I did a few years ago. I removed email off of my phone because most of the email you get is what? It's junk mail, right? Save 20% this weekend, right? It's junk mail. And so you get these dings, ding, ding. And so I just took it off my phone because I figured it's not that important for me to see right now. I'll get to it eventually. I'll see it at some point, right? But I don't, I don't need to know about it right now. And so I took email off of my phone and I, I can check it through the web browser if I need to, but I don't have it on there anymore. And I'm okay. I've survived without having email on my phone. Now, um, a while back, I also took off all notifications. All notifications because I don't need to know when you reach the next level of Farmville <laughs> or Candy Crush. I don't, need, I don't need to know that. I don't need to know that you highlighted a Bible verse in the Bible app. I'm sorry, I love you, but, and I'm proud of you for doing it. I just don't need to know that. I don't need all of these distractions in my life. But I'll tell you this, my wife, Annalise, the, the wonderful woman I'm married to, she needs to know. That's her personality. She needs to know every time somebody does something or likes something. And so she has all the notifications turned on on her phone. You trying to go to sleep? Ding. 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 It's just, it's just, it's constant. She, that's her personality. She likes to know. I don't need to know, right? So we've got to get the distractions out of our life. We, we've got to remove the distractions. Technology is a, bless, a blessing, but it's also a curse. The, uh, the experts tell us that, that, um, that kids are spending seven hours and 22 minutes a day on technology. That's more than 50 hours a week, y'all. That's a little crazy. That's a little out of hand. And, and, and so I think what the enemy's trying to do is he's trying to preoccupy us with all of the other things and to crowd out the voice of God. So, so it says this in Luke. It's, it's the story of Mary and Martha. And it says she had a sister. Martha had a sister named Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet. She sat herself at the Lord's feet and she was listening to his teaching. But Martha, her sister... Overly occupied and too busy was distracted with serving. Come on, let's not get distracted. Let's, let's lean into this moment. Let's press into this moment. Let's not, let's not get distracted. Let's press in to this moment. So here's the lesson. If I want to hear God's voice, then I've got to turn down the world's volume. If I want to hear from the Lord, I've got to turn down everything else. Amen? So let's go on. In, in verse 14, it says... That the seed, fell, the seed that fell among weeds stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries. They can't, they can't deal with life. They, they can't deal with life because they get all these riches and pleasures and, and all, of these, all of these things in life. They don't mature, the Bible says. They don't mature. So here's number three. The third kind of heart is a pre mature heart. Now, if you're a grammarian in the house, I'm sorry, because this is, this is not grammatically correct. I know. I'm not a grammarian, okay? I, I struggled with that, but here's what I mean. See, a premature heart, like, like a premature baby, this is, this is, 
the context there is that the baby was born, it, the, the pregnancy was finished before the time was right, right? It, it, was, it was born before the right time. I'm talking different here. I'm not, I'm not using it in, in that context. It's a whole new word that means before maturity, pre-mature. And there are some of us in the church today that we, we just premature. We hadn't grown up yet. We're, we're, we're still at the same level of Christianity we were when we got saved 36 years ago. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm going to heaven. Praise God. Bless the Lord. But, you know, just by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin, chin, right? I'm, I'm going I'm to sneak in. So, so a better word would be immature, but it didn't start with a P, so I used premature, all right? You want to know the real reason? That's it. A premature heart. Premature heart represents the person who's saved, but they're not growing. They're not maturing. They're, they're not excelling. And, and they like it just the way it is. Everything's fine. I mean, I, I mean, pastor, don't, don't, I mean, you want me to do this? You want me to read my Bible? You want me to do that? And so they're not producing much fruit in their lives. All right? So it's kind of like my, my, my boys. I have four boys, a four-year-old, eight-year-old, 10-year-old, and a 14-year-old. I talk to the 14-year-old a little different than I do the four-year-old, right? Gibson's four, and he's, uh, he's begun this thing where when he gets around new people, he starts talking like a baby. Dada, look at me, I do this. And I'm like, he has the ability to talk better than that. Come on, somebody, he, he can talk better. But for whatever reason, it's like he's trying to get attention or something, so he'll, he'll talk like a, a baby in that moment. And uh, my 14-year-old, my though, he doesn't do that because he's a little bit more mature. I can have more mature conversations with Garrett because he's 14. We can talk about certain things together that I can't talk about with my 4-year-old. Are you with me? And so here's the point of that whole illustration is that I think if you're disappointed with your conversation with God, maybe it's time for you to mature a little bit. I'm stepping on some toes, I think. If you're disappointed with where you are with your relationship with the Lord, maybe it's time for you to, to grow up a little bit, to mature a little bit. God, you want God to talk to you like you're a four-year-old, but you're a 44-year-old, right? Mm. I'm going I'm to need somebody to help me get out of the church today. <laughs> kind of protection for me. You better not talk to me like that. I hear you, but listen to me. Here, here, here's all I'm trying to say today. Uh, maybe you just need to go a little bit deeper. Maybe you need to grow up. Maybe you need to mature a little bit in your relationship with the Lord. Maybe it's on you to grow up a little bit so you can hear the voice of God. He wants to have some sophisticated conversation with you. But if you're not mature, he can't give it to you. Well, pastor, I don't want to get up that early to go to 21 days of prayer. But that's what mature people do. That's what, I don't want to get up that early. Hey, listen, I, I like getting up early, but I don't want to leave my house early. I, I, don't, I don't want to take a shower early. I, I, want to, I want to sit back in my loose fitting pajamas. You know, I want to walk around the house. I, I, want, to, I want to just, I, I want to have not much of a schedule early in the morning. But you know what it takes? It takes maturity to get up early. 
It takes maturity and discipline to show up for 21 days of prayer. It takes maturity and discipline to be nice to people at 6 a.m. Come on. It, it takes that. And so I'm just calling us to, to just grow up, to just mature a little bit. And God wants to give you some sophisticated adult conversation, but he needs us to mature. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 13, that when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I talk, I talk like a child. Patty cake, patty cake. Baker's man. When I was a child, people spoke to me like a child. I, I spoke like a child, but when I grew up, come on, somebody, I put away, I put away the childish things. I put away the Legos, I put away the building blocks, and I started focusing on some other things. Started doing, I started maturing a little bit. Can I talk to y'all like that this, today? Is it okay? So, so here's a few ways you can grow over the next few weeks. I'll give them to you real quick. 21 days of prayer is coming up. If you want to grow, here's an opportunity. 21 days of prayer is starting today, every weekday morning, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Did he say a.m.? Yes, a.m. And we're going to go after the heart of God. We've already talked about that. And another way, another way that you can grow over the next few weeks is four weeks from today, we start our fall semester of small groups, August 30th through November 22nd, all right? Small groups. And some of you, you've been coming to church for a while and, and, and you really haven't built relationships and you haven't built friendships and, and you're still kind of in the same place that you were when you started coming. And, and I'm telling you that small groups require you to mature a little bit. They require you to grow a little bit. They, they require you to take some next steps. And you're going to see growth in your life when you take those next steps. So you get in a relationship and, and you take off the mask. But right now we have to put on a mask when we get together, right? So, uh, not, so, so you, wear, you, wear your, you wear your PPE, you wear that mask to small group, but you take off your fake mask. You take off your facade mask, the one that says, everything's fine, I'm good. You take off that mask and you get to know people and you let them pray for you. You let them encourage you, right? And for some of you, it's time for you to lead a group. It's time for you to step out and to lead a group. You, you've, been, you've been feeling it for a little bit, but you've been making excuses. You say, I, I can't do that. I don't, know if I, can, I don't know if I can do that. It's time to lead a group. I, I want to give you... Rather than me sit here and tell you all the reasons you should lead, I want to read you a, a post from a small group leader here at our church. She led a group in the summer of this year for the very first time. And when, when, when her group ended, she wrote this post. It's from Katie McDonald. She said, a couple months ago, I signed up to lead a small group for our church. I had thought about it last semester, but felt inadequate and unqualified. I kept feeling the urge and I eventually took the plunge. We had about 30 women sign up and I was freaking out. <laughs> One of my biggest fears was nobody would join. And now I was freaking out because there were too many people, right? And she says, if you know me, you know I'm OCD about my house and hosting. I like things to be organized and perfect, which they rarely are. I considered canceling my first meeting because my flower beds were so terrible. Who does that? Katie. She says, me, that's who. Well, on, on the first night, we had a prayer request mid-bunko game, and I was not prepared for that. She said, I had prepared myself to close the night in prayer, but this was totally out of my comfort zone. Can you hear some growth happening here? 
There's, there's a little bit of maturity. There's a little bit of growth happening. It was out of my comfort zone. And she says, I think I ended the prayer with, and that's all I've got. <laughs> Amen. That's growth. That's some maturity there. She's stepping out. She's doing something she's never done. And she read it from a devotional. And, and her son Keller let out a big scream from an intense Fortnite battle. Everyone laughed, but not a soul judged me or made me feel embarrassed. They encouraged me and praised for my efforts. While, while preparing to host in our small group leadership training, we tell people, and this is what she's referring to, that the host is often the one who gets the most out of the small group, and they were right. I built relationships and friendships I never would have had. It, it gave me purpose, filled me with joy, brought light and laughter during a dark, scary, and stressful time. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I believe that wholeheartedly now, she says, was it perfect every time? No. Did anyone care? Nope. Did anyone care about my messy garage or my weed-filled flower beds? Nope. Absolutely not. No one judged me or pointed out my imperfections or shortcomings. They showed up with a smile on their face and were just happy to spend time together. And she says this. So the this is her talking. She says, if you feel like God is nudging you, I'd encourage you to take a step and know that he will equip you for whatever he's called you to do. Come on, somebody. Let's give God thanks for that. That's awesome. Thank you. That's the truth. That is so good. So I want to challenge you for a moment and just say, let's grow up. Come on, let's, let's mature a little bit here. Because maturity comes when we stop making excuses and we start making changes. Well, I can't. Well, they shouldn't. I need. Well, but. No, no. Let's stop making excuses and let's start making some changes. So today, today is step one of the growth track. And you can go all in today. If you're online watching, we're going to host that online. It's going to be digital. And, and you can attend that. They're going to post the link in the comments or in the post above. And, and you can go to Growth Track online at 1130. Today is step one. It's where we talk about the vision. We talk about the purpose of the church, who we are, where we're going, what we're doing, what's next for us as a church. And, and you have an opportunity to join the church in step one. You have an opportunity to say, this is where I want to be. And if you don't feel like this can be your home church, that's okay. Find another one that can be your home church. It doesn't have to be this one. It just needs to be a church. Find somewhere you can go, right? And so today, right after this service at, at, at 1130, you can be part of that. All right, let's grow up a little bit. Let's mature. Let's take some next steps. Luke 8 says, says this, this is the last one. Luke 8 says, the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart. Okay, they hear the word, they retain it, they keep it, and by persevering or pressing on, by, keep, by keeping on, right, they produce a crop because they don't give up, they don't stop, they persevere. And so this fourth heart is what we call the, the prepared heart. It's the prepared heart. This is the heart we want. See, none of us want a polluted heart. None of us want to really be distracted. We all want to grow up. We want to mature. We, we want to take some next steps. We don't, but we don't want to stay here. We don't want to be premature. 
We want to be prepared. We want to have a heart that's ready to hear from the Lord. And so I, I want to give you this today. I want you to listen to me real quick. I don't think you ought to be so concerned about what God is saying to you as much as just hearing his voice. Because, listen, if you can't hear his voice, then it doesn't matter what he's saying. don't, Don't worry so much about what he has to say. Can you hear him? Can you hear what he's saying? And if you can't hear him, then, then whatever, whatever he's saying, you're missing out. We need to be able to hear the voice of God. And sometimes it's a nudge. I've never heard a, a clear, audible voice of God, but I've heard nudges. I've had the Holy Spirit give me a prompting. I've had the Holy Spirit just kind of point me in a direction and lead me. I've, I've had him show me stuff in his word. I've had him impress some things upon me, and I knew he was talking to me. So here's what we've got to do. We've got to cut through the stuff. We've got to cut through the noise. How do we do that? Three, three things real quick. Number one, repent. If we want to hear the voice of God, let's turn the other way. We've been going this way. Let's turn and go this way. Let's repent of the stuff in our lives. Number two, refocus. We need to refocus. That might mean setting your alarm clock an hour earlier. It might mean going to bed early so you can get up early. It might mean getting in the one-year Bible. It might mean, it might mean showing up to, to prayer. And we'll give you this book. If you don't know how to pray, we'll give you this book. You don't have to pay for it because you already paid for it when you give. We'll give you this book. And it's full of resources, full of prayer. I use it all the time to pray. Refocus. Know where you're going. Know what you're doing. Refocus. And then number three, revive. Ask the Holy Spirit to breathe fresh life on you in Jesus' name. Ask the Holy Spirit to stir you up. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to bring a, fresh, a, a breath of fresh air into your life. Amen? Let's ask for that today. Let's ask for that. 2 Corinthians 7 says it this way. Hey, let's make a clean break. Let's repent. Let's refocus. Let's revive. Let's make a clean break with everything that defiles us, everything that distracts us from within and from without, from what's going on inside and from what's going on out here. Let's make a clean break and let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. Let's make a clean break for it. Uh, Some of you have heard this story before, but um, in, in 2017... I think it was probably one of the worst um, years of my life. Um, and that's, that's pretty strong considering both of my parents have passed away. But it was just, I was miserable. Um, as a family, we were miserable. We had everything going for us. We lived in a great city, worked for a great church. We didn't have a lot of reasons with the church to be miserable, but we, we were miserable. There was a discontentment on the inside of us. We weren't, and we, we, we were just, I guess the best way to say it, the best way to describe it is, it's, it's like we were in the, in the doldrums. Do you know what the doldrums are? Um, it's, I'm not a sailor, but I've read about it. And it's, it's this area on the equator where the winds don't blow. And vessels sailing vessels will often get stuck there and they they're expected to sail but they can't sail there's no wind to power them 
There's no wind to propel them. And that's kind of the way I felt. And some of you feel that way today. Some of you are, you're, you're a mom and you're expected to be a mom and do everything that a mom does, but you've got no wind for yourselves today. Some of you are, you, you, you're a spouse, but you, 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 have, you have no wind for yourselves. You, it's hard. Somebody in here owns a company. You're a CEO. You, 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 you have all of these things that you are expected to do, but there's no wind for yourselves. And so you're just hoping for a breath fresh air you're hoping for a little wind to take you to the next level some of you are students in here you're tired you're worn out you don't have wind for yourselves that's the way I felt in 2017 but then we came up to August of 2017 and we were we were having 21 days of prayer and I had participated in 21 days of prayer for many years but I had never going all in I did it because I was on staff and that's what kind of I was expected to do but I never went all in that year I decided I'm going all in I'm going to treat it like this is life or death (laughs) I need to hear the voice of God and it was in that 21 days of prayer that God really began to stir up the dream of planting this church once again And it catapulted us to a place where we were willing, where we were ready, where we were able to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done, but the best is yet to come. And I'll tell you this. Apart from my family, apart from my wife, my kids, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. You're the best thing that's ever happened. I wouldn't trade the journey for anything. I wouldn't trade it at all. You are. You're a dream come true. You are a dream come true. So today, I just wonder maybe what dreams are in your hearts, what things you're praying for, what things you need to hear the voice of God on, and you need to hear Him. You need to hear him. So let me tell you. Let me close out with this one, one statement. That God's voice is clearest in a prepared environment. You can't hear him in the pollution. You can't hear him in the preoccupation. You can't hear him in the prematurity. But you can hear him in a prepared environment. Hey, would you bow your heads with me today? And let me just ask you today. Here in this room and online, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's he whispering to your heart? What's he speaking to you today? And if you'd say, Pastor Ben, I need, I, I need, to, re, I need to repent, refocus, and revive. I need a fresh breath of air. I, I, need, I need a breath of fresh air in my life. I, I need God's fresh, the wind of the Holy Spirit to move in my life today. I need it like never before. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand right where you are today? online just identify give us a hand emoji I need I need a breath of fresh air 
I need a breath of fresh air. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the breath of fresh air that's coming over my brothers and my sisters today. I thank you that you're moving in power. You're moving in authority. You're moving in a great way over them today. Lord, we all together, we repent and we say, Lord, forgive us for the distractions. Forgive us for going the other way. Forgive us for the unrepentant sin, for the offense that we've allowed to come in. Lord, would you forgive us? Would you cleanse us? We turn from that way and we say we're going your way Lord and we're asking you for a refocus in our lives help us to refocus God I know that today it might be easy to refocus but tomorrow's coming God give us a a breath of fresh air that when we wake up in the morning we can wake up we can meet together for 21 days of prayer we can go all in and we can we can give our our hearts and our souls and our lives to you we can refocus we need you Jesus Lord we ask you for a revival in our hearts for a revival that you would stir up the breath of the Holy Spirit inside of us that we, we would just have a, have, a, have a clear mind and a clear heart stir us up for more of you Jesus more of you God if you're here today watching online you feel like you're in the doldrums you feel like you're just all alone there's, there's no wind in your sails You're far from God. You've drifted. You're in the middle of nowhere. You feel like nobody cares, that nobody's paying attention, that nobody's looking on you. nobody's, Nobody's eyes are on you. You feel that way. You feel like you're just alone. Have you have you surrendered to Jesus? Have you fully surrendered to Him today? And if you haven't, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. You say, Pastor Ben, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to go all in with Jesus. I want to give him all that I've got today. I want to fully surrender my life. I need his his fresh air to just blow over me. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to give my all, to repent and to turn to him. If that's you today, would you slip up your hand in this room, online? If that's you, I want to lead you in a prayer. Pray this with me today. Say, Jesus, I give you my all. Would you cleanse me? Would you forgive me? Would you make me new? Give me a fresh start. A new life. Lord, I belong to you. I'm yours. You are mine. From this day forward, I commit to you. I'll follow you. I'll serve you. I'll live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's thank God.